0: Beautiful. Okay, so today's daf is Daf Nun, where we are already up to page fifty in the HaLechem Meseches the Holy Meseches Kibush. We're up to page fifty, and we are on Daf Nun. We're up to Amar Rabbi Ila'a, which is the third line on Daf Nun Amud Aleph. Okay, third line, Nun Amud Aleph, Amar Rabbi Ila. We really have a beautiful, beautiful, and fascinating. Uh, daf ahead of us, so get ready for a uh, another uh, fun, enjoyable, and informative filled daf. Amar Rabbi Ilah, Rabbi says, Hiskinu." In Usha, they made a decree. The rabbis made a decree in Usha. When a person gives tzedakah, one should not be more generous than giving away twenty percent. Of their money Now If There's a person who wants to give away more than 20% They go and ask a Shiloh There's exceptions to this rule And there's ways that this rule uh, Needs to be applied But we have to know that in general This is the rule You give tzedakah We know the the, the custom of The centuries old custom Of giving miser That's the 10% But says Rabbi law in Usha, they said, you cannot give away more than 20%. We learned in the Bray so similarly. Now, the word mevazvez means to kind of throw it away. Now, throw it away here means to be generous, right? To give charity. But it's using this expression, I believe, to let us know that, you know, this applies also with our own finances, a person shouldn't waste their own money just to not give away tzedakah. When it says yavazves bizui," means the same way we're supposed to be generous with others, and but not too much because that, as we're going to see soon, the reason why you can't give away more than twenty percent is because it's wrong for a person to give away so much that they may be putting themselves into a situation where one day they may need tzedakah. So if a person's exceedingly wealthy where they don't need the money, you can give it away. You can give away uh, 80% of that year's salary if a person so chooses. If they already have enough, they're fine. They don't need that. Over here, though, as we're going to see, the issue is you're not allowed to be so generous where you're putting your own self at risk of ultimately needing tzedakah. So this yavazvez on others applies to oneself as well. One has to make sure not to spend in a incredibly lavish fashion where they're putting their own future livelihood at risk either because if you give away so much you may be putting yourself into a situation where one day you might need others to support you it was a story with a person who wanted to be more generous than 20% and his friend did not allow him To give away so much tzedakah Umanu, and who is that? Rabbi Yeshevav, it's Rabbi Yeshevav Which, by the way, is a message as well For people who run uh, Fundraising campaigns People who request Money from others You can't only care about your own Institution I mean, Halavai, there's yidin like this Which we know there are But if You, you can care about your own institution But it's, it's incorrect To make a request of a person to get—if you know somebody is a very is an extremely generous person—it's wrong to ask them to be exceedingly generous with your organization. When the Gemara here is saying that uh, you you have to be concerned about somebody's finances, you're putting somebody on a guilt trip. Let's say they already gave the twenty percent away, so now I want to hit you up for another uh, for for more money because I want—is that the right thing to do? Is that the right thing? Your organization is more important than this individual. So there's there's a a um, sensitivity that we need to have both when we're on the giving end, and there's a sensitivity also when we're, you know, trying to inspire others to join us in our mitzvahs and to be generous with our mitzvahs as well, to not put, put not put people into a situation which is going to be detrimental to their own finances. Okay, the Amri and some say uh, Rabbi Yeshavev, Rabbi Yeshevav was the one who wanted to be generous. Kiva, and Rebbe Kiva is the one who told him that, he, that it's improper and he shouldn't be more generous than that. Omer um, of Nachman, V'tamer of Acha bar Yaakov, Nachman, Sallam, say, Racha bar Yaakov, says, Micra. Where does this hint to in the Torah, that you shouldn't give more than 20%, it's, the Pasuk says, V'chol T'tenli, A'aser, A'asrenu, Lach, Beautiful, beautiful Pasuk, this is, this is uh, the promise, the promise that our Avais have, to the Rebbeinu Shleilam, where we say, the, we say to the Rebbeinu Shleilam, everything you give me, A'aser, A'asrenu, literally means I will surely tithe it. But aser, asrenu is two expressions of 10%. What's 10% and 10%? 20%. So a, a generous yid surely gives up to 20%. Isura It's not a full 20% because if you think about it, right? if you have $100 and you give 10% away, so now you have $90. If you give another 10% away, What's 10% of $90? Nine. So you're now left with $81. So really, says the Gemara, Aser Asrenu, should mean 19%. It shouldn't mean 20%. The diuk, the inference of the words is Ashranu the same way I gave 10% of my first ten, of my first amount, I'm also giving temp- another 10% on my first amount. So I'm taking my first 10% on the $100, and I'm taking another 10% of $100. Hence, we're actually giving away a full 20% and not 19%. Okay, Gvaldik. Fascinating... Uh, fascinating decree that the sages established in Usha. Omar Rav Barashi Barashi says Halalu Vehochais You should know that the the Revilaz Limudim from Usha. Okay, this that he taught us in Usha you should know that as the generations moved along Less and less rabbayim were teaching this to their children. The simoneich, and the way to remember is Kitanim kosvu uvizvizu. The younger ones, the younger generations, wrote it down. It was written down for them. However, ultimately uvizvizu, it wasn't really uh, you know consolidated and handed down as a full fledged authority. Okay, beseder, fine. That is the wrap up of the decree of giving away twenty percent. What, um, what, what, um, what, what, uh, what? What's this expression? So okay, good. So let's explain. Thank you for stopping me. So we just we just, lo- just learned actually the third memra, the third decree from Usha, the third thing that was taught. The first thing we learned yesterday, their decree was that a person is obligated to take care of his children who are ketanim financially. Okay? That was halacha number one. Halacha number two was Bizbazo, And that is when it comes to the halachos of a uh, father who writes over his whole estate to his children, that estate um, had... Amoraim giving over the, the the halacha that the estate has to support the father and his wife, also has amoraim who t- uh, a couple amoraim who t- transmitted that halakha. and the third one is bizbazu. Okay, bizbazu is the um, the uh, w- what we just learned not to give away more than the twenty percent to tzedakah. Also had a couple amoraim who handed over that halakha. Okay. So it's, so it's referring to those three halachas. Okay. okay. Very good. Let's go right over here. The Yitzchak says, In Usha, they also made a decree, A person should be Galgal with his son until he's 12 years old. You know what magalgal means? Run in circles with him. Until a kid is twelve years old, leave him alone when it comes to Limud Hatyra, Rashi explains. You don't need to push your kid to learn Tyra until age twelve. Mikanva but once he reaches that age, Yaired Imai You crack down and you crack down hard. Yaired imai means you start breathing down his back. Right? You, you 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 get tough. So you're gentle until age twelve. You don't want to learn. You don't want to go to shul. You don't want to. Do until age twelve, you could be a kid. Once you hit age twelve, this is chinuch time. This is this is serious matters. You got to start. You, you, got, you got to start. Uh, you, you know, uh, getting in the game. Says the Gemara. I don't understand. One second. Ini is this true? Any kid under six years old, listen to this, does not belong in school. A parent comes over to a school, I won't enroll my child. You know you say them. Sorry, your kids five years old. Leave them alone. It's not the time to start learning. Barshis kabo. Once they reach age once they reach age six six, so then you could accept them into day school. This uh usfile And once he's accepted in, Safile, you fill him up. Kitura like an ox, Meaning you get cracking From age 6 See here's the Gemara's obvious question You told me until age 12 You leave the kid alone There's no need to ha- hack a cup There's no need to drive him crazy But over here you see From age 6 and on You start stuffing him with Tyra So the Gemara says an, ob- an answer that hopefully we all know And that is As we're going to explain right now It depends on the kid In Sofile Kisura you should give as much Torah over and fill him up you stuff him with as much information as you can but do you force it down his down his back no that you wait until age 12 you by same like or you could say it depends what type of learning my my stepmother really the nurse that raised him says bar lemikra. Once a kid reaches six years old, you can teach him Parsha. You can teach him Chumash. Bar Esar le Mishnah. He gets ten years old. You can start teaching him Mishnah, Bar le Once he's uh, once he's thirteen, then you start um, you start um, uh, uh, he starts fasting a full twenty four hour fast. is bar Tleesar. And for a girl, it's uh, it's when she's uh, turning twelve. Okay. Now, interesting. I just want to clarify something. It doesn't mean bar mitzvah here. It means in your 13th year, which means you're really 12 years old. When a person is, is, let's say, 80 years old, that means they're currently living in their 81st year of life. We have birthdays at the end of the year, right? So a child is zero until age one. So when we say we're 80 years old, what we're saying is we're in our 81st year. When we're 85, we're in our 86th year, Okay. So over here it says, once the child is in his 13th year, which is age 12, or a girl from age 11. All right, Amar Abaye, Abaye says, you should know, Amar my, my my nurse, also told me, Haibar Shis the Tarkolei if you have a kid who's a scorpion bites him, Biyoma de Mishlam Shis on his 6th birthday... It's terribly dangerous. He can't live. So what do you got to do? If you have an ER, you have an urgent care and a kid's bitten by a scorpion on his sixth birthday, what should we do with that? And this is one of the medical remedies that we find in the Gemara, which uh, you have to know how it works. But he says, you take the... Uh, the, you, you mix like the phlegm of a white vulture, b'shichro, in beer. Nafshayu v'nashkei, you take this mixture, you rub it on the bite, and you also have the kid drink it, and that will heal him. Haibar shasa de if you have a a child also, b'yuma mishlam shata, when he turns one year old, that gets a bee bite. Lay it's very, very He can't live like that, with a bee sting on his first birthday. Maya Suse, what do you do? You take a um, you take a mixture from a date palm tree, mix it with water, and the same thing, you rub it on the wound, on the sting, and also you have the kid drink it. Listen to this Gemara. We gotta know this because this is not only with Chinuch of children, this is applies really to us and everybody a person that enters his son into a she'er, into a class at less than six years old, will translate this as if you're wasting your time. You're going to run after him around the room. The kid wants to play with Lego. The kid wants to play with his menchis, with whatever he wants to play with. And you're like, no, 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 no. Open up a book. Says the Gemara, you're just wasting your time. Says Rav Katina, leave the kid alone. A kid needs to be a kid. Leave him alone. There's a reason why kids are kids. However, Ika Amri, there are those who say a little different, and this also is not necessarily a contradiction. Some say, Chaveirov Ratz and if you teach your kid Tyra younger than age six, he's going to be so far ahead of his friends that they're always, for the rest, for the rest of their time in yeshiva, they're going to be trying to play catch up with him because you gave your kid a head start. They ain't a I say, and they're not going to reach up to him. So the first statement is, you're wasting your time. The second statement is, psh, he'll be so far ahead. Ah, so advanced. So advanced. Yeah? You know, sometimes I take my kids to the pediatrician, and for some reason, I don't know, our pediatrician has this thing that he's very into percentiles their weight, their height, IQ, and this, and that. They're in the 60th percentile, the 90th percentile, this. And I'm like, I just know my mother would tell us, Davin, your kid is normal. Davin, they should not be special. You don't want anybody too tall, too short, too fat, too slim, too smart, too dumb. But yeah. A regular child. Hashem, just give me a regular kid. I don't need a kid who's going to be the valedictorian. It's not always the biggest bracha. It's not, everything has a trade-off. And you know where she got this from? Tfilas Chana. Chana's prayer, the, the famous prayer of Chana that a lot of women say. My mother would say this when she would light candles on Friday night. Chana, when she came to Daven for a child, she came to the Mishkan in Shiloh and Eliyakohim was there. And she said a beautiful tefillah. And she asked for just a regular child. And then, who was born to her? Shmuel Hanavi. And interestingly, when Shmuel Hanavi is one years old, he's incredibly sick, and he's about to pass away, and she goes back to Davin and Shiloh. And Ailey says to her, Alright, so if he doesn't make it, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you a different child. And Chana responds, This is the child I prayed for. Which my mother's Zechariah LeVruch would point out, means you should know, Shmuel Hanavi started out not too smart not too dumb not too tall not too short nah, nah, just regular She said that, that's Hanadavan for a regular child and she comes back and she tells Eli Hashem gave me a regular kid just somebody who could live amongst Kal Yisrael the regular challenges the regular strengths who can live amongst people doesn't need to stand out can become Shmuel Hanavi You could become great when you're a person who just works hard, strives, has the tools that you need to be yourself. You could become Shmuel Hanavi. Very often, when a person is specifically gifted in a particular area, there's a trade off in other areas. It's a very, very uh, important message to know for ourselves and for our colleagues and for our families. And this, you know, if people are gifted, fine, it could be a bracha, but make sure to handle it properly. But to, to say that we, we're yearning to be, you know, to have a spell, th- th- there's something to Tfil Aschana over here. So the Gemara here explains, Vitarvayu <laughs> Isnuhu. You should know both both of these teachings are true. Khalish Vigamir, you, you can have a, a kid who's, you know, Khalish, he's weak, call it not so good at sports, right? So Vigamir, no, so he's a bookworm. He's going to be the learned one. Or let's say you have a kid who's, who's weak and maybe can't handle all the pressures of learning. Somebody else is healthy. Bottom line is, these are all examples of know your kid, know the situation, stop trying to make them the next Rav Shach. Know your kid, know, know what they're about, and give them the proper chenuch that they need. Some kids need a hockey stick, some kids need a safer, some kids need music, some kids. Know your child, know their age, know their stage, and that's the healthiest way to raise them. Here we go. Um, Rabbiesi Brachanina Rabbi says, they establish an Usha. A woman who sells the nichsei Malug. Remember, that's the property that she brings into the marriage that remains hers, but the husband's allowed to use the produce. So she brings nichsei Malug and she sells them while her husband's alive, and she dies. So the husband is allowed to take it from the buyers because he gets first lien on the next Malug, if she were to die first, he inherits this. He was standing means in, uh, in a gathering in Usha, lei Man Usha he said, "No, who's the one who's the one who is teaching all the halachas in Usha?" Yeah, I need to know uh, I need to know the halacha over here and we're talking about as we're going to see specifically the halacha of a woman who has nakhsei malug and then sells it while her husband's alive and then she dies. Omar Le Zimnin, he learned this 40 times. He wanted to make sure that he remembered who the author of this teaching was. The After 40 times, he had it as we say in English he, he had it in his pocket. He had it in his bag. He, he, got this, uh, he got this cold. All right? Now, all he wanted to know was a name. I think the Gemara is telling us an important message over here. Right? He's, not too complicated. But he wanted to learn something 40 times because he cared to remember it. Very often we forget things because either we don't have the time to review it or because we don't care enough to review it. But a great amira, a great, great amira. it took him 40 times till he finally h- held this in his back pocket. Okay, let's keep going. Ashrei Shamri mishpalei B'cholei His fortune is a person who protects judgment, who gives Tzedakah at all times. V'chayashla Tzedakah B'cholei says the Gemara is such a fascinating idea. Who can give Tzedakah at all times? 24 hours a day. Listen to this Heliga Gemara Chavra. This is somebody who takes care of his family. That is called tzedakah. A person who has yiddish children in their home, or raises children, or grandchildren, or any family member. You take care of them. You should know that is called chesed. Yes, we feel like it's our responsibility anyway, but that is chesed. That is tzedakah. You take care of your family, that is 24-7 siddaka. There are also yidin who need to be taken care of financially. It's referring to somebody who raises orphans and helps them get married off. This gives incredible meaning to family, by the way. Incredible meaning. We think that chesed and tzedakah happens outside the home. Chesed and tzedakah, you're right, happens outside the home, but the home is what gives us the opportunity to do it on a constant basis. <speaking in Hebrew> a tremendous amount of wealth is in his house, and his tzedakah is forever. <speaking in Hebrew> this brings for to somebody who learns Torah and teaches Torah. Because now it doesn't only stay with you, it gets spread to other people. The <speaking in Hebrew> See, back then they didn't have a printing press. And not everybody was able to remember Tanakh. So he says, if you write down what you learn and let other people learn from that, that is constant chesed and tzedakah. You're taking something that you have and you're ensuring that it's that it's spread about. The greatest Baal Chesed, perhaps, in history, again, that's not a sheet, maybe I don't is probably Rashi. Think about it. Rashi could have just learned Torah, But he decided to learn with a pen and paper. As he's learning, he's writing down to explain for everybody else. So we should also try try to understand the Pesach in Torah, a Mishnah, a Gemara without Rashi. It's incredible. A person who writes things down for Klai Yisrael, for other people to learn from, it's unending. Tzedakah v'chaser. v'anim al Yisrael. Once a person has grandchildren, Shalom al Yisrael, that allows for there to be peace in Because it's not going to come to a situation of chalitza and yibum. Okay, so that's a blessing that uh, that some people have the merit to have. We know once there's children, there's no of these awkward financial family situations that need to go on where. There's no children, so now the daughter has to choose whether, the wife has to choose to marry the brother-in-law, I don't know if I like him, I don't really like him, yeah, but it's my husband, gets very complicated, very difficult decisions. So, when a person has in their family the ability to keep Shalom and not have these tough decisions to make, that allows Shalom al Yisrael, which also is an ultra-important message, and that is as much as we can, anybody who has the merit to have family or descendants, even if it's a minimal amount that a person owns, or whatever, whatever it may be, for there to be clarity as to what the as to what the will of the father of the grandfather is with any husband with everything that they have. This way, sometimes we don't like thinking about it. Sometimes we don't like getting specific with it, but this way it, it allows shalom to reign within the mishpacha. It allows Shalom to reign in the family. And it's really a responsibility to keep Shalom. Urei vanim levanacha, Shalom al Yisrael. I'll tell you uh, a beautiful vart uh, on this Pasuk. It's uh, brought, I forgot where I saw this mushal, brought out with a mushal. It's kind of a joke also. But there were uh, two yiddin who came to Shul during a downpour. Shalom and Yisrael. Shalom and Yisrael came to Shul during a downpour. They show up to Shul at the same time and there's a huge puddle in front of the Shul. Huge puddle. So. um, Sholem says to Yisrael. Why should we both get our shoes. Ruined. In the five inch puddle. One of us should pick up the other. Okay. So Yisrael thinks that's an offer. So he says okay. So pick me up. Thank you so much. So Sholem says. Oh I'll pick you up. You have to pick me up. He says oh really. Why have to pick you up. He says it's a, a Pasuk, explicit a verse. Vanim shalom, al Yisrael. shalom should be on Yisrael. I'm Shalom, you're Yisrael, so I should go on your soldiers. So you Yisrael have to get your shoes muddy and I should keep my shoes dry. Can't argue on a Pusuk, right? Okay, so Yisrael picks up Shalom, they start walking through this 10 foot long, 5 inch deep puddle and in the middle of the puddle Yisrael throws Shalom off his shoulders and he's flat on his back in his suit, tie, filthy. He lands splat into the puddle. So Shalom looks at Yisrael, he says, what are you doing? What are you doing? So he says, you know, listen, as I was carrying you, you quoted a pasuk to me saying, Shalom al Yisrael, I remembered that the Torah says, Vinasati Shalom Ba'aretz. You should put Shalom on the ground So I had a Pusuk back of me up So I put you on the ground Alright, fine So what's, what, what, what's the message? What's the message? You can find a Pusuk to back up any agenda you have First of all <laughs> if, you, if you're going to be crumb If you're going to have a twisted mind you could, you know, and you, you claim that you're, a person claims that they're doing this L'Shem Shemayim, right? I got a I puzzle Make sure you don't have this, uh, these uh, ultimate, uh, the, the, these ulterior motive agendas at the time that you're quoting your P'sukim. All right, here we go. So i says, Once a person has grandchildren, There's going to be peace amongst Dayanam Yisrael, Asi because there's not going to be arguments about the inheritance. Zem Magistar Shebilo Lefnei Chachamim says the Gemara to that. This is a Josha that the Lazar gave in front of the Chachamim. And going back to the Mishnah, the Joshua was that um, if a person writes inside of his, uh, a person writes inside of his chuba, that his children inherit. However, the daughters... Are even though they're not inheriting, they're allowed, they're supposed to be supported by that money. So here we go. Top of Amadais. Nunamabades. Yosef Rabyse Kamehavun Rabysef was sitting in front of Rahunav. Yosef Ramunavakamar. Ravun was sitting there and he said, the same way. Now this is gonna be if you're bothered by this statement, it's good. He says, Sons only inherit real estate. Sons only inherit hard property. So too, the the girls who are supported also are only supported by Real estate. So the Gemara says, one second. What does that mean? A person passes away. The only thing that's inherited is is real estate. Everybody went screaming. Something that's not land is not inherited by sons. I don't understand. Maybe you're dealing with the Ksuvas which is specific. To real property That is actually correct Yeah, you understood Rabbi Yosef knew That, you know, the, the halachas That we have over here Of a daughter being supported By the property Actually is only coming from real property That we use to support them But to say that The, the boys in the family Have to use other things is not going to be true unless it says it specifically inside the xubamravhilbar yisif rav zon mechite daalia rav would would use wheat from the attic to support the daughters of a family now we're, ex- we're going to explain soon this is just an expression of metaltolin of non real property okay in other words rav actually rav actually ruled that daughters unlike what we just said, that daughter is only supported by real property that's inherited, he paskin can even wheat in the attic is used to support them. See, by the way, that's the question, Parnassah Havai, why did he give them the wheat? Was it for the, you know, the, the real responsibility? Umay lo'yeh, and what does it mean, the upper ones? Me'ilu it means from the, uh, the best the attic is just an expression of the generosity, all right, of, of the, the father. Like Shmuel taught us, the Yamar Shmuel taught us the Farnasa Shomin Ba'av. When it comes to parnasa, what we do is how much to give the girls, and the father's dead, he's six feet under. You know what we do? We look at the father's personality and we say, what do we think the father would have wanted? Aidoma Mizaini Ma'amashavi. Or was it that Rav actually was giving them the wheat, literal food, Umay Eloy, and what does <laughs> it mean Iloy me devarum toib it's the 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 best property. <laughs> that they established in the upper courts that daughters not only are supported by real property, but also by metalin, by transferable property. So that's the question. When Rav says that they could get this, is it mamish, like as an obligation, the, the, the full-fledged support, or to take the place of the food? Toshmah, come and listen. Bidei, the Rebbe Banai, Achua, the Rebbe Chia, bar have a metaltolin, the Yasme. In the hands of Banai, the brother of Rebbe the son of Abba, there was metaltolin that belonged to orphans. A movable property. Also, came to Shmuel, and they came to Shmuel to get it. Amarle zil zayn. Shmuel says, "Okay, here, take it, but you have to support your sisters with it." My lav le Aren't we referring to the food? And if it's referring to the food, we have an answer to our question. The Chareidiyach bar Yosef Svirleit. It's referring to the food, and not the real, you know, uh, and and not the iluye derav. Okay, the the main property. So he says, "Loy." It's referring to not just meziness; it's full fledged parnasa. consistent with his own reasoning. The Amar When it comes to parnasa, we again go and look at what the father, who the father was, his generosity, what his mindset would have been. Okay, we're now going to end off today's da with a few different stories, which are going to teach us some halachas in this area. How have arda, vidin daini dani arda, There were some. Uh, uh, stories and halachos that came out from Nardab Pumpadisa, Va'agvi Ravchana Bar Bizna. And Ravchana Bar Bizna, uh, and what happened was they took Mataltalin, they took movable property to take care of the girls. Zilu Ahadru, you should know you, you're you making a mistake in halacha, the Eloi, and if you don't back off on your halacha, I am going to take your own property, your own homes. And pay back the orphans because you're stealing with this incorrect psa kalacha. Ravami, Mazan. In other words, these kids do not need to use their metaltolin to support their sisters. Ravami, Ravami and Ravasi wanted to take metaltolin, the movable, transferable property of the boys, to support the girls. You think that you uh, you think you're smarter than the holy brother in laws Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Echinon and Reish Lakish? Okay, where they had a situation where they wouldn't take they, they did not take metalin to support the girls. How can have you have the audacity to think that you're smarter than Rabbi Echinon and Reish Lakish? Again, not saying that. I have a ruling against you. but He's saying you, you can't just come on and uh, you know and 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 create things that earlier and greater Amiram were uncertain about. Rabbi, Rabbi Lazzer several amazing metalton. Rabbi Lazar wanted to use Metaltim to support the girls. Omar lefonav. Rav ben Aliakim. Rabbi Bach. I know about you. The reason why I do is because you feel bad for the girls. Ella Shama Yiru Hatamidim. You got to be careful. Because people are going to know, they're going to hear about this Pesach Halacha, and they're going to say that this is to Halacha, and it has to be like that, that you have to support the girls' movable property, and hence, you got to be careful about how you give a Pesach. Because for this situation, maybe it will be correct, but people are going to learn to other situations, and it's not a a Halacha. So, so far, we have many situations where everybody seems to be in agreement... You should not use metalclone to support the girls. Ahud Yasef, Omar Budya. he said to the inheritors, give the the sister uh, from from the uh, tamre, from the dates, the al-budya, that are on the, um, it's on like, uh, uh budya, Rashi says over here, is, it's like a, I'm going to translate as a it's kind of like a tarp that they would lay under trees so that when the fruits fell they would fall on this tarp for protection okay so he says give her give her these dates now that's movable property you're going to say that if he was a balchayv, if he was owed money they're going to give it to him why is any different why are you giving them an upper hand Why are you giving the girl an upper hand? Amar says to him, What I mean is, even the dates that are stuck to the tree. Because when the dates are on the tree, even if they're fully ripe, that's considered karka. It's considered real property. So that, those dates, you're allowed to use to support the girl. But I agree, if the dates already fell onto the tarp that's underneath the tree, it would not be... It would, uh, it would not be allowed. Says the Gemara to wrap up this idea, one more line, top of tomorrow's daf, saif saif, ligzais gazas The bottom line is, once the dates are so ripe on the tree, it's not considered attached anymore because it doesn't need the tree for nutrition. So it should be considered detached and you should not be allowed to use the dates to support the girl. It's now called metaltolin. Answers the Gemara, no, the tree chaledik kamina. I'm dealing with Dates that still can use some nutrition from the tree. They're ripe enough to eat. They can still use nutrition from the tree. Hence, it's called real property. And that's the type of dates you're allowed to use to support and you should use to support the sister. But something that already fell off the tree or something that's completely ripe, I would agree, is metaltolin. And again, consistent with these halachas, metaltolin is not used to support the daughters. Okay, beautiful. We'll hold it here for this evening. I get the night. I get in erev Shabbos. Everybody, I look forward to seeing everybody tomorrow afternoon. Best German erev Shabbos, twelve fifteen. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.